Welcome to episode 177 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright hey guys, welcome along to episode 177 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Iles. How are you going mate? Pretty good. You're ready aren't you? I'm ready to You're go. just in his chair. I'm ready. It's 6.30 in the morning. I am got in from a flight. What time did you get in? About midnight. Nice. So you, Commitment. You, you are committed aren't you? I like that about you. I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com The world's best coffee from one of the nicest places in the world. Trybuys.com Get the specials. And athletes.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. And uh, in this week's show, what have we got coming up? We've got news, we've got age group of the week, we've got a high five. We've got, John, you've done your peas, haven't you? I did, my, did so I spent about an hour doing some peas in, in uh, not in Kona, we're not quite there yet, no. in uh, Australia. So we're doing a little segment. It's been a while. But is, this, going, is this in, in the series? It is in the part of the series of Iron Man for First Timers. Today, we're going to have a quick look at race day nutrition. Do you really think that's going to be quick? <laughs> Yeah, maybe not that quick. We may have to skip a few parts of the show, but we'll see how we go. I oh, know, it looks pretty good. Okay, then, and uh, we've also got questions and answers. Then, news is brought to you by xtry.com. Check out xtry for the latest news, views, and interviews with the stars. It's a great website. So, first of all, we had Ironman Wisconsin on the weekend. And being the uh, investigative journalist that I am... You've done no piece. Uh, oh, no, I have done some piece. Oh. I was wondering why we didn't see Gina Ferguson dominating the dojo there, and mm. it's because she didn't race. Why? Because I, then I thought, well, go and have a look on her blog to see yeah, why she didn't nice. race. And she was sick in the days leading into the race. She was a little bit sick leading into the race, and then on the race morning she was, like, chundering and pooing and everything. Mm. And, uh, so did she put that no on her blog? Yeah, she did, oh, actually. Nice. She was coming out, both, she came out both ends. Um... <laughs> So it'll be interesting to see what steps she takes now, whether she does go off to Kona or not anyway. but uh, I'd love to know where she would be mentally right now, because if you think about last year, it was just a glory year. Dominated. Every, you know, dominated pretty much, won a lot of races, turned up to Kona, got a top, what did she get, six? Six, seven, something yeah, like that. Yeah, top ten in Kona, great effort, kind of out of nowhere. You know, and then this year has kind of been a tough year for us. She's had her injuries, or not injuries, sickness, and she hasn't really performed as well as what she has last year. And so, well, she performed ex- fantastically well at, to, win um, to win New Zealand, but since then has not done a lot. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I guess she'll, she'll either go to Kona or she, I guess she'll go and do one of the other WTC races, um, or possibly even the Challenge race. Um, I'd say she's just got a bloody... Suck it up and go to Kona and get yourself a top ten. Well, in some ways, it could be an advantage because excuse me, excuse me, um, it could be an advantage because she could think, well, bugger, I'm just going to go to Kona and just have a good day and see mm. what happens, and mm. then maybe the relief of stress, you know, makes it a little bit easier for her mentally. Yeah. Okay. Well, so Tissing took it out and he did an eight forty five. Not a bad effort. Not a bad effort. It's uh, only two minutes, I think, off uh, Chris McDonald's race record. Yeah. So when you look at the split, you always look at the splits from Wisconsin. They they do seem a little bit slower. Um, swim obviously about the same forty nine minute swim, four forty seven on the bike, and only only a three hour marathon. So it is a tough little run course over there, and it did sound like it was pretty hot. So well, um, a local guy, I can't remember his name, but a local guy actually got off the bike first. Well, the local fella is my nemesis from my junior days. I here we go, John. Tell me more. He's actually uh, a Kiwi who lives now lives in the states, and he was uh, he was number one junior when I was number two junior. What's his name? Junior. Will Will Smith. Oh, really? So he was first off the bike. He's and then actually, he went into movies. 
Yeah, and he's come back to triathlon. But he's actually he's a champion trainer. Is he really? Yeah, he, he does a bit of training, quite a bit of training with Bevan Doherty. Um, and, and Bevan was using him as a training hack for before the Olympics last year. So he's, he's still a champion trainer, but um, he hasn't. He's not really racing that well. And, uh, I bet you're kind of deep down loving <laughs> Yeah, still got that damn bastard beat me for the title. Um, but uh, he's also got an interesting story because when we were at uh, going through the junior ranks, he actually got cancer. Oh wow! And uh, or got and got cancer cut out of his neck and um, came back and still kicked our asses. But anyway, back well, to back to he, he was well, he got off the bike, bike first, and then he kind of blew. He, he did an ankle injury, mm. and so he couldn't actually complete the run. So McDonald took over, but then about five k's into the run, he kind of slowed up. Yeah, had a pretty average run, and Tissing took over and really pretty much took the day from there. Yeah, and some other guys we haven't really heard of before, Christian. Ritter was apparently a German dude. He was second, five minutes back. And then another guy I haven't heard of, Raymond Rudzep, third, only um, one minute. Oh, it must have been a sprint finish. Yeah. For, no, it wasn't. No, it's two minutes gap miles. And fourth place was Constantine Bashor, who spent a bit German guy, spent a bit of time training in Christchurch last well, year. Six win now. He's won six Ironmen. Yeah, he's, he's won a few. He's won South Africa a few times. Maybe, maybe he was uh, one of the ones in Australia. Yep. So, and then on the girl side of things, Amy Marsh took it out. And I read up she's apparently a bit of a short course uh, athlete she's been doing quite a bit of 70.3 recently mm. mm-hmm. so as we said, we've been, as I've been saying a bit this year we're going to see a bit more of this guy uh, stepping up and, uh, and and dominating and she, she pretty much dominated the race so Hillary got out of the water first led the bike for about the first 40k's yeah. and then Amy just took off and see and, you later and just had a massive lead on the run yeah. won by nearly 20 minutes yeah. and likewise she was not, apparently not that far off Gina Ferguson's course record which I think is a, a high 9.30 so she came in a 9.43 Irene Kinningham Second ten oh one and Hillary just got pipped because Hillary won it last year, didn't she? She did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, got pipped for third ten oh two. She hasn't had quite quite such a successful year this year. Yeah, well, it's hard to know for her because she races so much, doesn't she? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, big news. We got quite a few emails through this week because WTC what about com- what about coming up. Oh, sorry, coming up. No more WTC races until Kona, and we've got the Red Man this weekend. Which is in the United States of America. That's right, Oklahoma City. No, oh, you been to Oklahoma? No. I think I have. Hmm? I don't know. There we go. <laughs> must have been a bloody a memorable awesome experience, place. I tell you. Oh, it's the best ever. Um, so we got quite a few emails through this week about a, a story on, I think it was on Slow Twitch, about WTC bans compression socks. Mm-hmm. So earlier on the week, we got a, a, an email through, and, and it's basically saying that they've, for the reasons that People basically pull their socks up over their numbering so other athletes don't know the age group that someone's in when they're racing. Yeah. They're going to ban socks for Kona. Now, I imagine they got quite a few emails complaining. Well, I, I didn't read the thread in, in any detail whatsoever on Slow Twitch, but it was a big thread. Yeah, it was massive, eh? And uh, apparently it's a sort of... The news had sort of filtered out from one of the compression sock companies who had sort of contacted WTC. I think it was two times you. Yeah, and then Jimmy Riccatello had sent a reply saying compression socks are going to be banned this year, uh, banned from here on starting at Kona. Well, it was interesting. Okay, so that, so at first there was like, you know real anger, and then they did a U-turn. They said no, it's okay. Yeah, and that was only a, a space of a few days, really. Yeah, so they must have got some upheaval. <laughs> they must have got a lot of crap. So turn around and said it's okay. Well, it was interesting because two times you had actually said, well, look, we'll, can we use compression shops, and we'll actually have free numbering for compression yeah. shops. So you can come along, Kona, bring your socks along. We'll put your numbering on for yeah. it. And uh, but yeah, it was just an interesting way of going about things, wasn't it? It was weird, and you know, I wonder why they changed their minds, whether it was uh, 
consumer pressure or whether they're thinking, hmm, we could be missing out on a sponsor here. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. So, <laughs> You're always a cynic. Always <laughs> a cynic. But uh, do you think it was a good decision, Bevan? I, I, I do see their point. I do oh. see the point of, like, if you're trying to win your age group, mm. and, you know, like, I know when I won my age group in New Zealand, I was definitely looking at the number of the mm. people in front of me because I was trying to figure out who was around me, and I knew there was one guy in front of me I had to overtake, and, and yeah. I managed to do that. So if you're an elite age group or trying to get in a, a slot or an age group, definitely I think, well, this could be an issue. Yeah. But then that could be easily resolved just by putting in the number of your age group on your bib. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, you know, uh, why don't you just go back to having uh, race numbers front and back, yep. and then you just have a letter, so you're number 1071B yeah. or whatever. And, like. and that's more secure anyway, because the thing is, most of the time, a lot of people sweat off or you know, it gets rubbed off throughout the day, so totally. the numbering's pretty crap by the end of the day. Because I was um, at the World Champs at the weekend, I was, uh, had a fella in the 20-24 age group, and I, it was people everywhere, and I was trying to tell him what position he was in, yeah. and there was no way, the numbers had just all come, yeah. much all yeah. come off. So. so there are... Better solutions, I think. And I know people that go, go <laughs> change the number. No, they rub their number off oh. before the start. Your name, shame, name and shame. <laughs> <laughs> Love your. Does that surprise you? <laughs> no. Um, okay, so so they probably dropped the ball on this one, but the good thing is they did reverse it. They were saying on this web, on the article that last year twenty five percent of athletes used the socks, and they reckon this year up to fifty percent of athletes will oh, use them. Definitely, so it'd be that much. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're kind of the new big thing, aren't they? So, yes, but yeah. I, could, I could have. It could have been interesting to see the innovations that would have happened if uh, if they had been how you could maybe cut. Well, we, out. we got an email through from the rock tape guys. All right. Yeah, they kind of do that. remember we were talking about the awesome tape that they brought out. Yeah. And I was saying when it first came out, they had so many orders through for the rock tape. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> it was interesting. Um, but we would be happy for WTC for one other thing because they've started a new anti-doping program set up for 2009 for all their races now, which is good. Um, mm. So they're going to have. It sounds like they're going to have a bit of a pool of athletes that they're going to test you know if you're if you qualify for Kona you know sort of go into that pool of athletes and they're going to do out of competition testing what the article doesn't say is whether or how much testing they're going to do yeah. um, so I think it's a, it's a great initiative they're, they're, they're starting to step up because it has been an area where I really think they've been pretty lax on um, and there's you know they're not. They seem to be a part of WADA, but you know we know that there does not Their seem to be a lot of testing. Yeah. Not a lot of testing. So I'll be interested to see how much testing they do. Um, one thing I'd, I, I really think they need to focus on is not testing a really big wide pool. You know, because like we got tested and wrote, and it's like, well, we're not really yeah. contenders. And no. um, I really think they should just maybe have the pool as being, say, anybody's finishing in say top three or top five at a, a probably top three at a, any Ironman races, and then looking at the top fifteen. So in Kona. Well, no. In this article, though, we're saying that um, they're looking at elite age groupers as well. Mm. So I, I think in one way, if if they actually do some testing, because things like this, you don't actually need to do much testing. Mm. It's just you, if you do some testing, it puts everyone mm. thinking, "Oh shit, they can come at any time." Mm. And um, you know, obviously, you want them to do the testing. Retrospective testing is the best thing. Yeah, that is too. When, isn't it? when they store the stuff. And yeah, but they're not those kind of funds, are they? Yeah. But you know, like I think if they can actually do some out of race testing, you know, athletes will actually think, "Well, is it really worth it?" Because mm. you're at risk I do think it's good for the elite age groupers because we know yeah. people are out there doing it eh? yeah. so yeah we had an email in from uh, Dave uh, Verschuren in Belgium our Belgium mate we, we talked last week about uh, Matt Re- not Matt Reed, uh, Andy Potts injuring himself in a race and wondering whether he was going to be right for Kona 
apparently over in uh, Belgium, um, Radka Beeky has injured, injured himself quite badly in Olympic distance race. Shouldn't be doing that short course stuff, should he? Oh, it's terrible. And apparently, sort of put a, either put his foot on his chain ring when he was jumping on, or somehow managed to munch his foot, and he missed his pedals. So he may well be in doubt for for Kona. He's, Highly in doubt, apparently. Yeah, so he's been a really, yeah, you know, he's a really consistent performer over there. Because he's been top five for the last couple of years, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's always he had one year the year before last. I think he blew out, um, but he's he's generally right up there. Yeah. And apparently Van Leerd uh, was is looking pretty good. Luke Van Leerd and also Marine Van, Marino Van Honakers. So they got three good three or four good Belgians now. Okay, John. So last weekend you you flew to Australia. What day did you fly to Australia? I got the uh, the red eye flight oh. on Thursday. I had to get up at two thirty a.m. Don't you hate that? So it was rough. Break your heart. Yeah. So you got up at 2.30am, went to the airport, flew to Australia, and you are in heaven, weren't you, John? It's just a beautiful place. Beautiful <laughs> place. Getting attacked by magpies walking across the road, really? like in, in town. We were watching the race, and this, ma- this magpie, boom, came down to a couple I of people. I think they know it's true. They talk to the New Zealand magpies, they go, what, 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 John Newson's here, boom, attack. Mate, our magpies are pussies compared to us. <laughs> <laughs> It's full on. So no, it was all good. So what happened? They had three days of racing. Um, which so it was the like, World Champs as well, wasn't it? World Championships. Short course only? Uh, Olympic distance. distance only, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's, I think, three days. Because the long course champs are soon as well, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. It's, it's a little bit too long, three days. So they spread it out. They had on Friday, they had the under-23 racing. Um, and that's drafting race. On Saturday, they had Olympic distance age group in the morning. And then they had uh, elite the men in the afternoon. Men, yeah. And then on... Sunday they had an age group race, uh, age group world champs, and then they had a, a, a local sort of age group sprint race, and they had a teams race, and then they had the junior under 19s, and then they had the elite women to sort of finish it all off. So three Just out too much. Three days of triathlon watching is a little bit too much. Okay. Um, in my opinion, they should get rid of the age group world champs sprint race. You know. Uh, it What's makes the the, it's just too many people. There's like five thousand people competing in the whole things, and I think it really takes away a bit of the prestige, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, so I think two days racing would have been a lot better. Um, it was pretty good racing under twenty threes. They're getting pretty fast now. Like, really? Um, yeah. There's some guys who are good on the the world champ series. There's a guy who ran up to fourth, and he must have. I don't actually see the splits, but he would have run pretty close to thirty minutes wow. for ten k. The elite um, men's race was. It was a bit of a shame. It was a bit of a procession on the on the bike. Um, you could see it happening coming out of the swim. They basically got together after about one k. It was, was a, a big, big bunch. It was yeah, had a little bump each lap. So that was a bit boring. There was a breakaway, but they were sort of no namers. So, but the speed the guys ran was fast. Really? Um, what were the splits? So they ran twenty low twenty nine. Really? Um, it was short by about two hundred sixty meters apparently. So that means they still Brownie still ran twenty nine forty something like that. So wow. it's fast and it had a hill on it um, each lap. So is he phenomenal? Uh, he is, uh, but he got pushed all the way. He didn't win it until the last k. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah so Gomez Gomez kept kept him honest, but the the gap they had after. Um, the first time I saw them came round, which would have been about what happened because of lap four four laps. Yep. So after about a k and a half to two k, where I was standing, it was completely game over. Really? Like they were so far in front, you would have thought they would have, they were coming into the finish. Really? Um, <clears throat> they would have had, you know, twenty seconds. Guys, some of the guys weren't even in sight. Wow. So they just they must have God knows what they ran for the first couple of k. It would have been you know probably two forties for wow. the first couple of k. <clears throat> So they were so far in front of the others, it wasn't even funny. And then there was Fredino, who was a little bit back, and then there was a big gap again back to all the others. So 
those two. I read an article in the paper on Sunday with uh, Chris Gemmell, and he was saying that basically they've got to relook at things now because it's just gone up another level and they don't want to get dropped. It's interesting, though, because the week before, or no, a couple of weeks before, Gemmell had out-sprinted Gomez for second place in a, in a race. So, yeah. yeah. I think the feeling is that you know you often get these guys coming in and they completely dominate and then they slowly seem to come back to the field. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he, he's just won every single race this year. He looks so young, doesn't he? That's what I found. Like, I look at the photos, I haven't seen him before, and I look at the photos, I'm like, He's a kid. Mm, they're all pretty young these days. Look, he doesn't look muscularly developed. On the, the no. one photo I saw of him, no, he doesn't look no, like he's a, not. He doesn't look a man, does he? No, no. And the, the funny thing is, like, it's, it's the great thing that the age groupers love about this, this sort of stuff. You're standing there and watching the race on Sunday, and you know, five people along, there's world champion standing there, sort of cheering on his brother. Yeah, it's just everybody's everywhere. It's, yeah, it's, it's not, great, not eh? a big deal. Yeah. So that was the guy. So I think the girls' race was a bit more interesting. There was a, there was several bunches, a bit of breaking away. So that was uh, that was good. But uh, Emma Moffat predictably won the race but again she had to battle for it um, and she apparently had hardly done any run training and shows how quality an athlete she is when she why would you do no run training was she injured she's injured oh, okay. so uh, she was she was pretty impressive to still be able to win it but likewise it came down to the last 700 metres or so so exciting racing yeah it was good racing yeah. but but it just did uh, if you're watching three days of racing because yeah, you had over the age group stuff all day as well was uh, the age group racing Drafting was as expected, was pretty bad. Um, really? Girls' race wasn't quite so bad. Front of each pack, um, you got big bunches coming through. Guys' racing was pretty much like Florida and stuff. It was horrendous. Oh, you're not allowed to draft in age groups? No. Oh, no. Well, how can they stop that? Yeah, it was horrendous. Uh, the guys' stuff. Uh, Were they policing it? <laughs> no, there was no way they could. No. And, but there was some big pileups, and that's the issue. I mean, you got the issue of whether you agree with it because whether it's you call it cheating or not or yeah. not in the spirit of the sport. But the problem was they had some big, big pile-ups out there because you're let's, let's be honest, like in a situation you're doing a race, it's a world champs, whatever, you've trained your ass off, you're not going to try create a gap if, if the whole field's drafting, are you? No. You're a mug if you do. Yeah, and uh, and it just, you know, you get faster guys coming through who are weaker swimmers, people jump on their wheel, the bunch just gets growing and growing and growing. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. But the... Some of the crashes. I, I was walking, didn't exactly see it, but sometimes you're just walking along and you just hear this crash and then this bang, 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 just oh, really? pile up. So they're obviously all up each other's uh, ass. I was, it, oh, okay. I was very impressed with the standard of running um, and the age group racing. There was some some great, great running. They looked like they were going very, very fast. Really. So, so how do you reckon you could have done? I looked at my age group and um, if I'd been, you know, Sharp. good. Like if it had been, say, rope fitness, I probably would have been uh, in strong contention for a podium, but it would not have oh, been really? easy. Um, and But if I'd gone in current Do fitness... Do you kind of wish that you had? No. No. <laughs> it's been it's a, it's a pass. Yeah. I'll worry about it another time. <laughs> any Kiwis doing any good? A few seconds. I don't know if we got any golds, um, but a few seconds. But overall, Kiwis' performance was abysmal. Oh, really? And, and, the, and the elite side of stuff, we did terribly. But now, it's at the end of the season. The season's over now, is it? Yeah. So Andrew Hewitt got third overall. Yep. So she should be happy with that, wouldn't she? Yep. yep. And then, uh, and Gomez easily won the guys. And, Gomez, uh, Brownlee. Brownlee. Yeah. And Gomez was second. No Kiwis. Big result, big change around in the results on the guys' side of things, because it was double points for the last race. Oh. And that makes a big difference. Do you Kiwi. like that? Yeah, it's I great. it doesn't make it more important. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Okay, well, last week we had a discussion of the week. Best discussion of the week of all time. Because, <laughs> because I came up with it. What's the craziest thing you've ever done in training? I think we chose different people. We did. 
Good. Ned Phillips. I went for a 125k run in one day. I live in Singapore and decided to run around Singapore in a day. Set off at 5am, got all the way around the island and back to the starting point by 10pm that evening. 17 hour run. Great fun. That is pretty awesome, mate. Eh? Because when you think about it, sure, if you're aiming for a big crazy race, you've got to train towards yeah. and stuff. But to wake up one day and say, I'm going to run around Singapore. I wonder if I'd be around Christchurch. It'd be about the same, I reckon. Okay, let's do it tomorrow. No. You free? No. I'm in no. Australia. And you've got to add in the heat factor there in Singapore as well. Well, it's been hot here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we have got one of the same. Uh, which one have we got the same? Last one. Oh, okay. Well, we've got, I've got Bevan Collis, just because it's a great name. In the Swiss Alps this year, rented a heavy mountain bike with not, with no clips in my shoes, and my two mates left from, what was that, Verbier? Verbier. At 6am, climbed the road for two hours, then up a dirt road for an hour into the snow line, carried the bikes for an hour or two, descended a bit, climbed again, and finished up with a climb up the Mount oh, St. Bernard. Before back to Verbier at 7.30, just as it was getting dark, total of 3,900 vertical on the day. What made it really hardcore was returning to the house that had almost no food and all the shops in Switzerland closed at 7, too naked to go outside and we ate basically what was on the cliff bars. <laughs> nice. Uh, Mel James, our tri-club in London, Thames Turbo, has a general, uh, an annual competition which is designed to waste you. Um, it uses many training sessions for Ironman 20 plus 20 plus of us from the club are doing Challenge Barcelona next month good luck to you uh, the day is a 5.4k swim down to do some hill repeats in the Surrey south of London 10 hill repeats up Staples Lane approximately a 4-5 to five minute climb turn um, turn screen back down and repeat then back to Richmond Park for 2 laps 22k run now that is a solid Ironman training day well Tristan Florence now this is pretty gold he read a few years ago that Dave Scott had done an eight-hour session on a wind trainer in front of like a black piece of paper or something, just to mentally, you know, staring at a dot. Yeah, staring at a dot kind of thing. I don't know if he's actually done it or not. It's probably an urban myth. We'll ask him. But yeah, we will. But Tristan did right. it. Yes. And he said it felt more like twenty-four hours a night, which is a bloody good effort. But then he was also saying he did a session where what did he do? They were in Queensland, Australia, and they started out doing a ninety-minute ocean swim, followed by four and a half hours run on very soft sand and bare feet. Mm. Imagine that! They finished that off by doing the same swim, but because the bloody tide had picked up and choppy conditions, it actually took them two hours. He basically said he was in so much pain he was dying. He could not walk for three days afterwards due to gastroc and soleus muscle issues. So, yeah. It's funny, that. That would be hard on soft sand, eh? It's, it would be. Yeah, uh, maybe. Who's going to find another one? Okay, Craig Brighthouse, uh, training for the New Zealand Coast to Coast, which we talked about quite a bit. One morning, did a two-hour hilly off-road mountain bike, rode over a mountain range immediately, followed by a three-hour rough trail run and returning, uh, and returning from a 700-metre summit. In the afternoon, I did a two-hour paddle just to fill in the afternoon. 3 p.m., picked up the kids from school and then took them to the playground. It was the final monkey bar session that really made the difference. Nice, I'm going to go a quick one. Monkey bar session, nice. Yeah. Lynn, uh, probably a multi-brick day where I rode 30 miles, ran 30 minutes, rode 30, ran 30, rode 30, ran 30. Pretty much definitely a long day mm. of her work. Okay, John, lay out some smackdown. I've got a lot of smackdown because most of it's sort of epic camp stuff that people already have heard yeah, about. Yeah, it's a problem, isn't it? But, but probably the... the, the Hardest day that I can remember in recent times was uh, Epic Camp Australia, which is the first one I did when we rode from, I think it was uh, uh, Goldburn, um, which was a bloody sheep station out in the middle of nowhere, 
uh, and we rode across to, I think, maybe Kuma, um, and we went over Brown Mountain, and this is where it was just complete carnage. We started, uh, I started in the back group, and we're going up this mountain, and people were, like, swerving all over the road. It was it was no joke. It was, like, 40, 45 degrees. Really? And uh, it was just been hilly all the way to get there, and then we're up some, like, 13k climb, the roads were melting like Bjorn Anderson had to go and have a sit down under a tree really? going up the climb and uh, you get to the top and then these winds just started buffeting you and you still had to get, you know, I don't know, it was another 50 60k or so to the finish so that's probably the toughest I can remember, I mean as we said last week, we've done some crazy things, but I haven't actually found them as hard as people might think. No. So we did a 300 to 300k solo ride um, a couple of years ago. Didn't find that that difficult. We've done our sort of big distance rides to Queenstown. They haven't mm. been that hard, so two 250k days in a row. Um, yeah, I don't think we've ever done that many training days where it's like, oh my god. Oh, no, I've hit the wall a couple of times, but like as in. I don't know, like hitting the wall is not actually dying. Mm. If you know what I mean? Like you hit the wall, you just get some food in you and you've got to yeah. stop and find a shop. Whereas, I don't know, yeah, I think last week's day I talked about, last was probably my big one when I did like, the, yeah, again, I did a two and a half hour morning run, rode to the gym, taught class, taught two classes, rode to the swimming pool, had a swim, rode home, slept, and then rode to the gym again to an hour and a half class and then rode home. You know, for me, for me it's the days when I had to do a bit of training and gym stuff because yeah. gym stuff is in high intensity mm. and you can't really fake it because you're in front of people, mm. you know, and so today, the days when I did a long run and the gym stuff, a long ride, it wasn't so hard on your body so yeah. you could go to the gym and do your work but when I had to kind of combine running and gym classes it was probably where I found it most tough. Yeah. Mm, so, there you go. Yeah. This week's this discussion, week's do you want to go with that one? Best or? Best no, because ever. what about the one, can, can we, I'm going to pause because I, I do actually like this one we got an email this week wait a second okay we got an email through from somebody and to be honest sorry but I can't find it and we've you need to find it for next week then give them some okay, love yeah, I'll give them some love next week because it's, it's a really good question if Felix was going to put a Felix or Felix 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 <laughs> uh, if he was going to put a million dollars winning prize prize money for um, Challenge Barcelona nice you did the Barcelona I did the Barcelona a challenge Barcelona coming, which is around the same time as Kona, would the pros go to Kona or would they go to Barcelona? Mm-hmm. That's a really good one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because the amount of money is significant. Let's say it was a million and it was it was deep, better prize money deep than okay, Kona. Okay, so, so a million for the winner and, yeah. and even second you get like 100,000 or something. Or yeah. Like, yeah. So the, the, the deepness of the, yeah, it would be interesting, wouldn't it? It would be very interesting. Yeah, so who would They did it? have that, this sort of a similar sort of battle years ago with Nice and uh, and and I met. I don't think it was exactly the same timing but guys a lot of guys went to Nice really so the field wasn't always as strong at Kona yeah Nice was Nice was was, was a big deal well let's discuss this next week because mm-hmm. I actually I have an opinion on this one John oh goodness yeah I know exciting times yeah. here we go <laughs> let's put some music on Good old Alison King, aka Ali Belly B, the that, that, pirate. That's not a that's not a I am talk nickname though. It's just a, it's a pirate nickname, yeah. isn't it? It's just a pirate. Hi there, matey. Anyway, we was late for that week's show because she sent it through in like in June, but that's okay. July, July. Yeah. Joe, how to say last name? Feron. Yeah, we're on. It's runner's world pirate. No, and it's smelly lady, a smiley lady. <laughs> no, not anymore. She's not. <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's only July, but already Joe has had an amazing year. She finished marathon. The sublays is that it? The sub. Yeah. That's, now, what do you do there? 
you run across the desert pretty much over three days don't you yeah it's pretty pretty hardcore you, run you do like a 40 a 90 a 40 or something because I remember yeah yeah Ian from yeah. Pro Sports down that it's yeah. pretty hardcore his clothes were pretty disgusting by the end of it weren't they because yeah. you've got to wear the same uniform don't you <laughs> uh, first attempt she did it with her fiance um, then last week she finished Ironman now what's his DE don't know in 11-17 10th in her age group and then a week later she fronted up for IMCH which is CH that's probably, that's probably Switzerland I, I guess CH is for Switzerland okay yeah she claims her training wasn't going to plan this year especially the bike training but she backed up her IMDE performance with a 12-49 not bad when you consider her tough, tough the longest ride of the year was the one in IMDE and she emerged from Lake Zurich with a broken nose and blood streaming down her face she got the smack down nice. didn't she the Pirates is not a knitting club or a quitting club, so Joe soldiered on. Oh, I like that. That's, yeah. that's pretty good, actually. Joe has made a com, uh, has made a, hasn't made a complaint, or made a complaint to the police, and are now trying to identify the puncher. There's no hope. And she's also the fastest lady pirate with 10 hours 48 at Ironman Florida 2008. So, so she's trying to find the person who punched her from the swim. Now, how could you do that? You couldn't, could you? Don't well, I thought give so. us an update, Ellie Belly King. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Anyway, that's pretty outstanding effort to do Marathon de Sable, Ironman DE. Can't think where that is. <laughs> so I've been sitting here trying to think where it is. <laughs> I mean, it's it's thrown you, hasn't it? Well, you're you're in another world right now, aren't you? Yeah. It could be Denmark, De- De- Deutschland, I guess, yeah. which is Germany. I can't remember if Germany's before Switzerland uh, or not. Anyway, to do Marathon de Sable, two Ironmans close together. What about pretty coming solid. out of the water with a broken nose? Is it broken? That's pretty solid. That is carrying on, carrying on. Broken th- nose, carrying on through adversity. That is pretty good. Yeah, because the rest. Of, they imagine running with a broken nose. Have you broken your nose before? No, have you? No, no, neither. Apparently, really sore. Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> so I've got a mate whose nose is over here. Yeah, yeah, he's because broken like three times. So it's a very solid effort, and yeah. we know that she's part of the pirates, and we know they 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 enjoy the. I show. want to hear what happened with the police. Yeah. Well, you couldn't find the person, could you? Of course not. Because even then, let's say you're in the swim. And you saw someone's number. Who's to say it was them who hit you? Yeah, yeah. But they must have. Well, they must have got a good one, eh? Yeah. You sure you weren't swimming next to her? Okay, I've heard about you in the water. I, I, I get some angry, a bit of anger going there. We've also got an honourable mention this week. Oh, here we go. Honourable, honourable mention. Honourable mention from the world champs because um, I know this is this is I'm talking. We talk um, long distance triathlon, but this was this was fairly entertaining. So there's a, a girl from Christchurch who went over to Worlds. She fell off her bike um, a few weeks before the Worlds. Completely munted her face. Oh, really? Um, like broke her broke a cheekbone, stitches under her eyes. Her face. Just black eyes. Oh, I it was fear at that it, moment. It was, it was it was it was pretty horrific. It's one thing to come off your bike, and it's never nice and graze your body and break bones and crap. Mm. But your face. I remember that time I did that cycle race, and that guy's chin mm. scraped along the ground, and it's like, oh. <laughs> so she was she was up against it, and she shouldn't have really raced. To be perfectly honest, she was, she had uh, I help her out with a bit of a program, and you know. She, not good concussion and all that sort yeah. of stuff it's not a good time to race but she went over there and decided to race anyway so she does a swim gets out of the swim unscathed and it's got to hurt because all the grazes and shit mm-hmm, on your face mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then uh, comes out so it's a long transition whenever you go to Worlds uh, it's always a long transition um, and long way from the bike racks onto the road gets up the road ready to jump on the bike oh no no John don't tell me one don't sh- do it one shoe's there the, no. other, sh- the other shoe's oh, not there oh no what and happened so she has a quick think about it. 
well, I don't know where the other shoe is. You know, she, if you knew where you dropped it, you'd go back and get it. She goes, so I'll just keep on going. Really? And so she did the whole bike ride with one bike shoe. And just and just, and just her foot? Yeah, foot on the pedal. Wow. And then carried on. And she won. No, she didn't. <laughs> so, but she carried on, and then she finished the run as well. But her bike split, her age group placing, her bike split was still the highest out of all her results. Oh, really? <laughs> so she finished like 28 or something, and her yeah. swim was maybe 27. Her bike was like 23, and her run was 29 or something like that. Wow. So and then she's got a big blister on her foot. Oh, that her, hurt, her went. Yeah, so Sarah Blair is her name, and she's pretty hardcore. So we've got Joe Ferron and Sarah Blair, our age groupers of the week. week. One, two, three, four, half five. Good old Ben Barnett from Australia. We, uh, we may have done this one before. Okay, but, but, but we it, thought, we thought... it was so good, we're going <laughs> to do it again. I was sort of going through, I've got a list of high fives, and I delete things off, and then sometimes I forget to press save, and I, or I close it. And, uh, I, so you're I, not sure? Yes. Yeah, so so if we have done it before... Ben, you're a champion because you provide content It was so us. good, John looked and thought, this is bloody brilliant. Yeah, so just for some background, Bevan's com- uh, not Bevan, uh, ben, ben completed his first Ironman back in April, and it was a tough day, but he was really happy April with his 08. finish. April 08. So mm. we're, we're, we're scraping the barrel. I am, <laughs> I am trying to go through go through things and, and, and clear things out. But anyway, five best things he did for his first Ironman, and we, we have got this first time as theme, number one. Nice point, Ben. I've got a coach, although I don't necessarily think everybody needs a coach for your first Ironman. You need somebody who has raced Ironman before, preferably a few times. You'll so, do a multitude of questions during the journey, and it's good to have someone you can bounce ideas off. So, so like, let's say like nowadays what we're getting with coaching is that we're getting, you know, we're getting things like Gordo's thing where it's... Um, which is like a, a computer program thing which puts together a program and then you get advice from Gordo and then you've got the more, you know, like you or other coaches out there who are, you know, with, you know what, what are the advantages of both ways if we're looking at getting a coach? Uh, I mean, when you get onto one of the, you know, programs you can get off the net or something, they're going to give you a good, sound program that's going to get you to the race finish and as, as long as you've got access to the people, you can, you know, as long as you can ask a few questions, it's going to help you out along the way. Um, and the reality is the last, say six to eight weeks for most people um, is going to be pretty similar so those standardised programs are, are perfectly fine the, the, the area where I find where I seem to make the biggest difference with athletes is actually not to, not sort of going along the norm and following a fairly standardised program and, and doing a bit more single discipline focus and, and you know well the thing is life changes too doesn't it in situations people get presented with work, family and all the other things that go alongside with training you know, things need to change at times, don't they? And if you've got your coach here, you can say, shit, you know, oh no, work's come up, yeah. I can't get my training. And, and come on, athletes stress. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like you're the guiding hand, so, aren't you? So the sessions, you know, like the sessions I would probably give somebody in the final eight weeks, as I said, probably a lot of them are going to be similar to what you'd get off a, say, a Gordo or a Mark Allen type program. But as you said, it's that ability to tailor it to that person exactly and to work a bit more on their weaknesses. So, yeah. you know, if you and I were, were tra- preparing for a race, you'd have particular things you need to work on a bit more than say I would you yep. know, and, and, and that's where I think the value of the a, a coach is going to outdo a program but I guess you know at the end of the day um, you probably get what you pay for and if you if you go on one of those programs they're going to be a lot cheaper and that's that's you know that's a, a positive 
positive for them. Yeah. If you go with a with a coach, you can you've got constant access to, then you know there's advantages over that. So without being biased either way, I, I definitely feel for a newer athlete, you're better off to get a coach who you can have a lot more contact with. Yeah. Because you know maybe if you're an experienced athlete and you just want you know you're kind of learned all the tricks of the trade, you know later on down the piece if you're if you just want a program that's going to give you a bit of guidance, cool. But if you're a newer athlete to the sport, you're going to make so many mistakes, and you you need that feedback from someone who's experienced, and that's where a coach that you can contact with a lot is really I think important. yeah, newer athletes and athletes that have plateaued are the ones that probably get the most out of a, out of a, out of having a personal coach. Nice. Number two, uh, join a swim squad. I used to discount the swim as being the slowest leg, therefore requiring the least amount of work, putting some focus into my swim meant I could come out of the water feeling fresh without having extended too much energy. This set the rest of the day up for me. Swimming with the squad also eliminates the boredom you get with swimming alone. And I must say, for me, who's someone who never really enjoyed swimming, who's thinking about doing Challenge Wanaka, <laughs> I might be getting back in the water soon, team, but, um, you know, definitely for me, I couldn't swim without a squad. Yeah, it's I, very difficult. Yeah, and I just wasn't meant, I wasn't brought up as a swimmer like you. Mm. You you know, John would go to the pool and, and he'd set up times and he'd know all the tricks. Mm. I go to the pool and I'm just bored the whole time and have a really <laughs> crap swim every time I go by myself. Yeah. By the end of my time as an Ironman, and, and I know that if I'm going to do Challenge Wanaka, I'm just going to find squads again because it just oh, works totally. for me, you know, and it's it just takes you to the next level, eh? Mm. So. And, and pretty much everybody who says that, uh, <coughs> who, who does squads, says that. Unfortunately, not everybody's blessed to be able to go and do it, do a squad session. But if you've got the option, but if, even if you've got like your local tri club, you know, find a couple of guys who can mm. swim at the same time as day as you. It's, mm. it's you don't necessarily have to have a squad, but if you get a bunch of guys together or girls together, and you can write a program up on a board, you know, yep. that's a squad at the end of the day, isn't yep. it? Yep. Number three, I rode and I rode and I rode some more. By far, the most time-consuming element of my training was the time spent on the bike. I thought I'd done enough, but after completing my first Ironman, I wish I'd done. I'd spent more time on the bike. It takes a long time and a lot of miles to get strong on the bike, and have a strong bike that will allow you to run well. Fast, slow, flats, hills, do it all, and then do some more. Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? Yep. Yep. I was consistent. At the end of the day, I tried to keep my training. I am training pretty simple. I had a basic week structure, which meant I did... Uh, which I did and then I repeated it every single week. My distance increased and I took recoveries as required, but the basic structure of each workout on particular days stayed the same. It takes time for your body to adapt to the training and by you being consistent week in, week out, you can slowly increase your load whilst allowing your body to adapt. I do think this is important as well if you find a nice routine, like, you know, your Tuesday's a bike day, Mm. your Wednesday's a run day, and so on, that you're kind of... Mentally, you know what you, what's coming up in your week, and the, the distances may vary. So you may have a short bike day on, yep. you know, in the third week when you're having an easier week, but you still mm. your Tuesday is going to be a bike day. Eh? Well, just one thing I'd say with that <coughs> is, you know, make sure you don't start your Ironman build up too early. You know, it's fine to be training solidly, you know, for for very big portions of the year, and you should only have, um, you know, a, a few weeks really down. Um, but just try not to get stuck in that same routine for 50 weeks of the year. Ironman build should be about 16 to 20 weeks and outside of that you need to just change things around a little bit so it doesn't get too boring number 5 I took supplements whilst training I had uh, I had a protein and carb shake Endura optimizer after any workout longer than 60 minutes I also took multivitamin every day which coupled with a fairly good diet I believe was able to continue to train day in day out without getting sick no need to go overboard but a good mix of multivitamin and added some protein would help 
Yeah, definitely. One thing you've got to remember as an Ironman is we do consume so much food, mm-hmm. so we actually get a lot of vital vitamins and minerals in our diet, so, mm-hmm. you know, that's one thing. Uh, token six, uh, stay focused. Uh, it's easy to get carried away with the information on the internet and what others are doing. You can't compare yourself to anyone else, and you have to have a plan and have faith in the plan while you're tr- when the training you're doing. There will be always be someone doing more than you're doing, but getting yourself to stick to the plan is the key. The result will come on the day. Nice. Number, lastly, number seven, I listen to I Am Most Talk. Importantly, Most importantly, listen to I Am Talk. Got me through my long run week in, week out. Love you guys. Yes. Especially John, because I know how he loves man love. Oh, nice. Not really. No, you do. Yeah. Well. But, no, but you're not, yeah. I, know, I hear what he's saying. I think you, yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to skip website of the week. We haven't got enough time. Okay, then. So let's do Coach's Corner. Here we go. Here's some music, John. What kind of music do you want? Rapster. Rapster? Here we go, Rapster. Coach's Corner. I was hoping you'd do a bit more of a rappy one. Yeah. You well, know? That wasn't too rappy, that music. I, I tell you, you know what? what what's Who's what, your favourite Rapster? Um, MC Hammer. <laughs> 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 Every time you see me, the hammer just Hey, um, if you're watching a movie, I, which a, I do, what, what's the worst thing that could happen? What do you mean when you're watching a movie? Yeah. Oh, someone talking? Don't, don't, or you don't get to see the end? Oh, yep, yep. So, so I was on the flight, oh, home, no. flight home last night. What were you watching? You're on, you get on Jetstar, you, get, you, buy, you have, to pay, have to pay for your little oh, TVs. Oh, that frustrates so me. So you pay 12 bucks. Things fair enough. And uh, what, what were you watching? watching? It's a fairly new one and it had. Uh, ben Affleck and it had Russell Crowe and it was sort of some yeah, sort of thr- a, 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 thriller it's, um, state something state yeah 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 the name yeah. of the sta- like state of the yeah, age yeah. or something like that yeah. <laughs> is and it good? It, is, it was really good <laughs> it was getting really tense and like, there must have been 10 minutes to go and uh, and they'll come around and click them and I said oh can I just have it for a few more minutes and she gave me a few more minutes still didn't get the end so I don't know what happened at the end and it was bloody it was getting pretty exciting state of play state of play that's it yeah I haven't seen it. Oh, really? Have to go. Now I'm going to have to pay another <laughs> 10 bucks to go and get it out. It actually happened to me one time as well. Oh. Uh, yeah, it broke my heart. Anyway. Okay, so let's, so what's happening, John? We've, for a while here, over the last... Bigger, bigger. We need it bigger. Bigger, better. I'll make it bigger and better. So for about a year and a half ago, John decided... <laughs> uh, uh, what was it? Tips I'm, for new new to people. First time, tips, uh, Iron Man training for first timers. And we actually had an email in last week of somebody asking what the other episodes were, were and they were like we don't know. 130 and 150 and, and we're up, and to five. Now, <laughs> up to now 170 odd or something. Well, we've nearly so done 200. Well. I checked out the other day on iTunes because they have all the shows. We've nearly done 200 shows. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's pretty crazy when that you think of pretty, it. That's a lot of content. So today what we're going to do, John? Race day nutrition. Now this is probably one of the most important elements when it comes to racing, isn't it? Yeah, so before all the other points, I sort of made a precursor saying, right, this is for first-timers. If you've got experience, you know, you need to just change this. This is just for getting through the race. This is probably really applies to, applies to anyone. To everyone. Yeah. So, yeah, the thing with race day nutrition is there is no single one answer, unfortunately. You know, with, with bike pacing and run pacing and swim pacing, it's a bit more, you know, yep. a few more Control yourself, controlled blah, 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 blah. lines and yep. so on. But race day nutrition, unfortunately, there isn't a uh, perfect answer. So with, as with anything, practice makes perfect. Another example of that was at the World Champs, watching people jumping onto their bikes, doing the leap of faith. It was abysmal. People crashing everywhere. Oh, really? Falling stuff. off? So but they just don't practice it. And race day nutrition. <laughs> what was it amusing? Oh, it was pretty entertaining. <laughs> what was more entertaining is when people were coming off their bikes and they were sort of freewheeling. Oh, they'd no. sort of scoot on one leg and then you can see they hadn't practiced and they go, ah, oh, don't know what to stop. Oh, Boom, really? fall oh, over no. or gold. tip over their bike. It was gold. Nice. Nice. Anyway, 
point, my point is, with race day nutrition, you've got to practice it. Don't just have a, a bit of a plan for no, race day and not practice, practice it. it. You've got to do it. Because it's so pivotal to your day. Like, if you don't know, let's say you haven't practiced your gels, yeah. and your body doesn't like the gel you're using, and, and then you start getting stomach cramps. and Oh, totally. And you've put so much time and money into the sport yeah. to just neglect this, you know, mm. it's, it's a must. So... Rule of thumb, probably practice at least three times during your build-up, like, and that's a proper, say, doing a simulation session, practice everything you can do, and ideally practicing it in a race situation because that is always a little bit different. So if you've got a half Ironman as one of your build-up races, that would be perfect. Um, but one thing we've got to remember with nutrition, it's often not actually what you're taking in that's causing the problem. It's actually going too hard on the bike and sort of causing your stomach to shut down or okay. likewise going too hard on the run. So if you have had issues in the past, don't just think, oh, I need to tweak my nutrition. You need to go look back through your heart rates and, and yeah. how, how hard you're going because that's usually the cause of most people's problems. Great. So pre-race, John, wake up in the morning. On a pre-race, so this is sort of the days, the days okay. before the race. Okay, leading up to the race. Yep. Um, critical thing that a lot of people miss out on is their hydration um, and we've talked with Em about this before so hydrating really well in those few days before the race uh, is critical making sure you're doing that with energy drink um, and that'll sort of give your electrolytes a boost and also your carbohydrate stores a bit of a boost uh, another mistake people make often in races when they go away to a different venue, you know, they're, and they're starting to eat out a bit more, um, is they go out and have some spicy foods like in the, the day yeah, before a race. Yeah, it's just silly, isn't it? It's, it's not going to do good favours for don't, you. Don't, it's not trying to try new foods, is it? It's, go it's with not, what you know. Go with what you know. Yeah. We'll brand that. Yeah, we could. Trademark it. Yeah. Uh, right, then, then you come to breakfast on, on race day. Okay. So most people haven't slept that well. No, they haven't. No. So, you know, you need to breakfast. The reality is you just got to get in whatever you, whatever you can. Yeah. There's a couple of different strategies some people have here. And um, what, what I do and what, what most people do is you have your breakfast, say, two and a half to three hours before um, the race start. You don't really want to get any closer than, say, two hours before. Uh, granted, you're always going to have rules, uh, exceptions to the rule here. Some people have got stomachs of bloody you know, cast yeah. iron and they can do anything and they can be eating a bloody fry up five minutes before the start and that's one of the things know yourself as well mm. isn't it yeah but for, for most people you, know, you want to be having your breakfast two to three hours before before the race now so, some athletes um, they do like to have like a double breakfast so they'll get up middle of the night um, you know maybe five six hours before the race do you uh, recommend that uh, it's, it really works for some people okay. and it's for some it big, bigger people um, it, it tends to work as well you know muscularly big yeah. I'm talking so they get up and have say, the first, a bit of a breakfast say at about you know, five to six hours before the race start and then they'll have another one a couple of hours before the race start maybe a little bit less so that's the strategy that some people can, can use if they find you do you are somebody who gets hungry during the race um, in terms of your food selections you want to be keeping things pretty bland and as Bevan said practice, uh, having things you, you practice with so you know, just things like toast often works well. Basic cereals. Um, You're not going for the high sugar cereals either. No, you want to just uh, lo- so, low know, glycemic complex, complex yeah. carbohydrate, low glycemic, uh, and again, um, nothing. I mean, not that many people would have spicy things for breakfast, but uh, yeah, just keeping it. Avoid pricey. coffee. Uh, no, could I co- people people like you know coffee's coffee's good coffee's of Hawaii coffee even well that's what I'd be doing yeah don't don't swim out to the boat on race morning no. and, and uh, just 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 I know that would coffee. be pretty cool but yeah. stupid but cool yeah another thing to be make sure you're doing on on race morning is uh, as soon as you start as soon as you get up um, getting straight into the energy drink and and having a bottle with you at all times from the time you get out of bed to the time you get to the race and really uh, downing quite a bit of uh, energy drink again energy drink over water yeah. 
Uh, Why are we doing it, John? Uh, because you got you, you, you're building up your carbohydrate stores and, and most your electrolytes. and your electrolytes, and most people are going to be struggling to actually eat too much because they're so nervous. So an energy drink is an, an easy way to get the, the carbohydrates in. That'd be great. Um, so you've had your breakfast, you know, two to two and a half hours before the race. Um, after that, you really don't really want to be eating anything. Um, just uh, trying to get everything sort of processed through. What, what I do and what a lot of people do is, you know, maybe about 45 minutes before the start, I'll have a gel, but that'll be about, about it. Or maybe a little bit of a bite on a banana, but you just got to be a bit careful about having too much because um, it can churn up in your stomach pretty quickly in the swim and, and then it'll start coming back on you and you really don't want to be chundering through the swim. It's, it's not pretty. Okay, good. Um, <clears throat> and then what I do about 30 minutes before the race start, and this is just personal preference, I start actually sipping water about 30 minutes before the start just to try to get that sugary flavour out of my stomach and just to, to process things a little bit. Whenever you're going through race day, uh, you just got to be a little bit careful how much water you take. Um, rather than if you just just have water, you're really going to dilute things, and that's when um, hyponatremia becomes a little bit of a risk. So electrolytes, for the most part, is going to be better than just having water. Great, and you've got an example of your breakfast. My breakfast on race morning, <coughs> I have uh, a tin of creamed rice, um, put a banana in there, some berries for a bit of flavouring, and that's the main part of my breakfast. Sometimes have a little bit of, say, a, a high-five bar or um, or some toast, something else if I can top that up, but that's sort of the main part of my breakfast. What do you normally have? I normally work with wheat bits, wheat bits and, and banana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a few wheat bits and banana, a bit of milk and, you know, maybe... Yeah, Gotta be a little budget. bit careful of too much fibre for some people who have got a little bit of. Ha- I'm one of those issues. people who's lucky who I've got a stomach. Just, like, I, I can like eat anything and then go and exercise, and it's not a problem. Yeah, but if you've so. got a bit of a sensitive bowel, fibre is mm. something to avoid. Yeah. Okay, so when you're actually onto the uh, the race, you know some some general guidelines on on how much you should be eating. This um, is important too, isn't it? Oh yeah, uh, you've just got to, you've got to do some label crunching, and uh, and there's lots of websites out there if you, if things don't have a label you know like sandwiches you can figure out how much carbohydrate they've got in them um, at ballpark you want to be aiming for around about 0.5 to 1 gram of carbohydrate per kg of body weight per hour when you're racing obviously when you're swimming you can't take anything in um, uh, but when you're out on the bike that's what you want to be aiming for and that's gram too yes yeah yep. and that's uh, it's ballpark and that can come from a variety of things um, you know, foods drinks Gels, whatever, yeah. Yeah, but that's sort of ballpark. Rehydration. Or just anything over one gram. If you're going over oh. one gram, you've got, you, you probably need to be pretty confident and, and experienced to know that that's not going to be too much. Otherwise, you're just going to shut, start shoving too much in and you're going to shut things down. Yeah. Hydration, you were going to say, Bevan? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking ahead, you see. Yeah. And, and I'm nice. actually pretending like I'm helping. Yeah. Uh, hydra- hydration uh, it varies a lot depending on races. You know, if you're going to compare <coughs> Kona to, say, Taupo, hydration is going to vary a lot. For, for your more moderate climates, uh, you know, you're looking at ballpark around about one bottle per hour. So that's one big bottle per hour during the race. And I generally recommend most people, you go for each two bottles of energy drink you have, you have one bottle of uh, one bottle of water just to help um, dilute things down a little bit and help wash your food down. And, and one thing I've always recommended is those noon tablets that you can mm-hmm. actually control the electrolyte. One of the problems that with a lot of races is that they have the electrolyte drink but it's yep. watered down too much so the benefit of the electrolyte's not really there and so if you can have something like a noon tablet or carry your own, you know, those bag sachets yeah, of electrolyte, electrolyte tablets or whatever. Yeah, something yep. like that. It, it just, it's just a way to guarantee you're going to get the right amount in for yourself. Mm. 
So that's it's ballpark how much you be eating, ballpark how much you should be drinking, um, what to eat. You know, I've, I've got a little bit of a list here, but it's pretty you know, extensive in terms of what you what you can try. Most people obviously go for gels. It's an easy source of energy. Um, I guess the one issue is uh, you get a bit sick of the flavour and they're quite sweet the further you get into the race. The sports bars. Um, yeah, I always find by the run, I'm sick of the gels. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And you just got to get whatever you can at that stage. Mm. Bars, um, really good source of um, energy and, and nutrients, the sports bars. What the, the disadvantage of them, they're much harder to digest. So you've got to be careful how many of those you're going to take. And a lot of people have these plans. They look at you know, how much carbohydrate they need to be taking in and they think, I'll get all this from the bars and I've got you know, your sodium, your magnesium, etc. in these bars. <laughs> but they, they're really hard to digest if you're going to ha- have them alone. And, and also, I always try to choose a bar that's not so chewy. Because mm. if it's a chewy bar, you're on a bike and you're trying to chew and it's just mm. a big gluggy chew, it's actually a bit of a mission. Mm. Whereas if you can get one that's a little bit softer and it's still got the kind of nutritional value to it, then you can get it down easier. And I know that sounds silly, but it really does make a difference when you're on the bike. Especially if it's cold. Like if you have a day yeah. like Taupo um, and you get one of those, you know, like a power bar type thing, and if it's cold, they go hard. And man, those yeah. things are impossible to eat. They get stuck in your teeth. And yeah. it just kind of focuses your energy on something that's not really needed. Mm. So, Sports drinks. Um, obviously, they've got the electrolytes, which is which is critical, uh, as well as carbohydrate. And make sure when you're going to races, you, you try the sports drink. And especially when you're going somewhere like Kona, you know, have a look at the sodium content, and we'll come onto that in a, in a moment. Um, but that's that's pretty important for when you're racing. Um, there's other energy drinks you can you can take, um, which like Infinite and so on, which is a bit more of like a meal replacement, and you've really got to practice with them. And a lot of people can go through the whole race just using those those products because they've got you know a lot of calories and they've got they, they cover all your bases um but again me, test yeah yep. for me i like to have something a bit more solid and then you've got some real world food haven't you and this is what a lot of people find works well for them you know sandwiches creamed rice potatoes m's power power cookie bars bananas for most people some you want to have some solids in there providing you, you practice it in training um it fills you up if you're just going on the sports products you often find that you get sick of them you get sick of the flavor yeah and, and just sweetness eh? the sweetness yeah. and you just want something real and that just makes you feel a little bit better so pretty much you can eat whatever as long as it's got good carbohydrate content in there great okay what to avoid Avoid, uh, as we discussed, eating too many solids. So some people have this plan of just eating like power bars all the way through, yep. and they get onto you know halfway through the ride or onto the run, and they've just got this big ball of power bar in their tummy because they're quite hard to process. So yep. some is good, but for most people, they're going to struggle if you just have solids. Okay, great. What else? What about drinking? Drinking, um, not drinking enough. You know, we we, we often have the or I have the sort of uh, making sure you pee by about the three quarter mark on the bike. Preferably peeing on the bike. Peeing on the bike. We know how you... You know our stance on this team, yeah. don't you? I think the thing is, if you've done your, your drinking right in the morning, mm-hmm. and the, the key is when you get on the bike is to get in the habit of drinking straight away, it's kind of easy to think, okay, I'm going to find my rhythm on the bike, and I'm going to sit in for a while, and if you... You know, you kind of think, well, an hour later, and you think, oh, I need to eat and drink now. Mm-hmm. Well, you kind of need to get on the bike, get in the habit of doing some drinking and some eating straight away. And, you know, like I always like to get my, my watch set on 15-minute blocks, yep. so I know that I'm going to set. And it just gives me that constant reminder that, oh, you need to have a sip now. And, and that way you're finding after that first hour you've actually drunk a bottle of water. Whereas if you don't, you get an hour into it, you go, oh, now I start drinking. Well, that hour can cost you a lot later on in the day, oh, eh? Totally. Yeah. yeah. Can't, so. can't get it back. It's no, you gone. Can't. It's gone, really. And so important. Uh, okay, one, one thing that we, we, we find, especially with um, sort of back of the pack athletes, is trying not to rely too much on um, 
the the race venue race organizer yeah. or the venue for your foods because you, if you're picky about what you want you might not get it and we've, we definitely hear this about back of the packers they come through and they may have run out of gels they may have run out of bars or whatever so coke yeah coke yeah. they run out of coke so you need to be have a plan to be pretty self-sufficient as you go through the race um so so just just factor that in other considerations john Sodium intake is a question we often get. Um, for the hotter races, definitely something you really need to, to look at pretty seriously. Um, I think they use I think they use Gatorade Endurance and Kona, which has got fantastic sodium content. So. Tastes like crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried it? Yeah. It tastes like salt water. Yeah. It's disgusting, but it's effective. It's effective. Especially so, Kona. So you know, if your sodium intake is important. Um, it's one of the factors that causes uh, causes you to cramp, along with several other things, so, such as you know muscle fatigue. So have a look at how much sodium you're planning on taking in if it's a hot race um, probably look at topping it up um, you can take up to about a thousand milligrams per hour before you start doing anything you know you need to start worrying about actually taking in too much so you just need to look at the sports labels and you can supplement through um, either salt tablets or electrolyte tablets um, uh, you know th- through the race um, but for, for more moderate climates you probably don't need to go two bananas on this you know just a, a little bit of supplementation would be good for Kona um, for hot races you need to look at it pretty seriously John what if I'm in the race and things start going wrong things go wrong when things go wrong boom bloating and nausea getting nauseous is, uh, is, is you know the most common thing and yeah. you can pull back from that so pretty yeah, simple I know one of my I mean I was, I was one of my I mean New Zealand on the bike <clears throat> I was done. I just had too much, and I was my body was sick of the sugar, and I, so I actually decided to stop for like half an hour eating, and it worked a treat. And then I got yep. off the bike, and I felt great on the run. And and I read uh, Rain Artistic at the weekend was, was really struggling with his nutrition in Wisconsin, and um, he sort of said, you know, half, you know, 30, 40 minutes in the run, it finally came right, and he was away. But you know, if you if you have found that you've you're really struggling, getting bloated, getting nauseous, just just slow down a little bit. Just drink water for about half an hour. As Bevan said, don't drink any, don't eat any energy products, don't have any food or anything like that, and just just chill out a bit and just try to flush it through, and it will come right. Might take 30 minutes, might take a little bit longer, but you can pull yourself back. You know, if you if you're riding along and say your 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 average speed is 32k an hour um, <clears throat> during during the ride, and you maybe slow down to say. 29 something like that for, for half an hour you're not going to lose no. that much you're going to lose maybe 5 minutes or and you're better like off that. to do that than blow up because your bloody nutrition's killed yeah. your stomach and start chundering yeah. Yeah. so yeah. that's issue number 1 and yeah just just slow down a little cramping bit. cramping um, which is big it's, it's big and and you know, as I said, one of the reasons for it can be poor sodium intake, um, and if, if that's the case, then you just need to look for things that are got rich in sodium. You know, you can have uh, take some salt tablets with you. Over in the states, I know they serve up chicken broth on the run, which yep. is very high in sodium, um, or they serve out pretzels on the run as well. Or you can obviously use salt tablets and salt sprays, salt sprays, and there's anti cramp sprays as well. Um, so if you've got a history of cramping, you should look at you know um, quinine sulfate. Quinine sulfate. Um, if you've got a history in it and you know that sodium's going to um, help, then, then obviously have a bit of a plan for that. If it's muscular fatigue and stuff, then that's a training thing. You just yep. you just got to you got box on through it as best you can. What about the point where you're bonking? Again, this is a bit, it's a bit like bloating and getting nauseous. You can you can come back from it if if you've if you've bonked because you haven't eaten enough. You just got to chill out hey. a little bit, get get to the next aid station or, or take in whatever you've got and, and go for sugary products that can get you back on track pretty quick. You know, Coke, some sweets, you know, maybe some chocolate will get you back up quickly. And then you need to keep keep sustaining that with uh, with foods that are gonna, you're going to get absorbed very very quickly. So if you bonk, 
don't panic, don't give up your ghost for the day. You can come back from it. You just got to chill out a little bit, get to the aid station. It's not going to come in within seconds, but if you get some food in, um, high glycemic index food. Uh, so, what's your strategy for the last half of the marathon? You know, for most of the race, it's about conserving, being cautious, making sure you're taking the right nutrition, and kind of building up for that last part. Comes to the last half of the marathon, what are we doing? Just getting sugar in and going crazy? Yeah, I mean, that's when we, we always say, you know, we switch over to Coke at that Coke stage. Up, eh? um, I'd say for the last half, the last third, you know, you don't need to be so no. concerned about the gels, but up, up to about three, two thirds of the way through, you know, getting in your, your carbohydrate rich foods, once you're into that last third, whatever's going to give you that little kick to get you through the finish line, that's generally going to be Coke or sweets or, yeah. or anything like Can that. Can you have those things too early in the race? Uh, I think if you're going to be out there for a really long time, um, you know, if you're going to be out on the run for over five hours, I think you've just got to be a little bit careful about that. Um, but as long as you balance it out a little bit, I mean, I've been on coke as early as 100k on the bike and it's been okay. Yep. Um, so, yeah, as long as you don't completely make that switch over, it should be okay. But if you switch to coke, you need to make sure you just keep it topped up as you go through, I find. Great. Nice word. Now, John, I'm thinking, I wrote down here on my little kind of piece of paper as you're talking along, is that you need to have all these on your website. I should do, yes. Yeah, so John, this week... No, not this week. Okay. (laughs) Well, over the next few weeks, John will put on his website. So, what's your website? CoachJohnNewsome.com. Doesn't need a bit of an update. Yeah, and if you you also want to coach, you can go to John there and he's there, but... um, CoachJohnNewsome.com, and he'll actually put these over the next few weeks at some stage. He'll put all the ones he's done up to this point as you know as a PDF or something it's on just, his website. It's just bullet points. It's not. It's not yeah, a but bloody it, article. It, it, you, know, you read this and you get what you need to know, don't you? Exactly. So, yeah. It's it's concise, John. That's what I like about your work. Good. You don't fluff it up, do you? No need to fluff it up. No. Okay. Questions and answers. We got a, we got an email through from the German Gazette, Daniel, and. Uh, Bike porn, and it was pretty good, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Bit of bike porn from uh, Eurobike. Yeah. They have Interbike over in the States, over in Vegas, and now they have Eurobike. You want to spend some money? I wonder which one would be better, the States one or the American, I mean, European one, because they love the cycle in Europe, don't they? Pretty, pretty comparable, I'd say. Yeah, you're probably right. I was, I've got to say, from the World Champs yeah. of the weekend, um, the bike bling at ITU level has gone through the roof. It used to be nowhere near as bad as Ironman. Oh, really? But now it was just insane, mate. So yeah, what's the brand? Savello? Uh, no, it was a big, big spread. There was a bit of everything, but pretty much all the age groups had TT rigs and everything. Oh, really? Was, uh, Porno's got a bike like yours now. He got yeah, a new no, bike. Yeah, nice. Porno went for the Avanti. Yeah. Good bike selection. Nice. There was quite a few Avantis over there, and people loved them. Was it Chromo? Chrono, yep. Chrono, yeah. So, beautiful. So, so I'll put that link up on the website if you want to go look at some Euro bike porn. Yeah, if you like bike. That's pretty out of it, isn't it? It's yeah. like a Spider-Man bike. That's weird. It is weird. Also had an email in from Paul Andreas listening to our discussion on multi-tools and broken Ooh, chains. Feedback, wasn't it? I had a t- I have a tip. I had a broken chain out on a ride on two occasions. Fortunately, I have an SRAM power link from an old uh, chain that I have attached to my Crank Brothers multi-tool um, that I always carry on training rides. It's allowed me to pop out of the broken link, throw in the power link, and I can't read that anymore. Yeah, sorry. Throw in the power link and keep on hammering in less than five minutes. Much better than taking the sag ride of shame back home. Nice. So he's got a SRAM power link from an old chain, and then he uses Crank Brothers Multi Tool. Beautiful. Love his work. Okay. Um, Would you fix your chain out there, Bevan? Yeah, well, I think I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd be making the uh, SOS call. <laughs> do you always take your phone? I do now. Yeah. I don't answer my phone when I'm on training rides, though. So. So you like, use it if, yeah, yeah, of course not. Yeah. But I see people answering the phone. Well, now with the iPhone, you've got this little thing here. So it's got a mic in it. Yeah. So you can actually keep writing without stopping. That's kind of right. cool. But anywho, um, 
sponsors. And we're going to start with Athletics this week, John, because I was on Athletics the other day. I was checking out my own little page. And, yeah. and admittedly, I hadn't been on there for a little bit. And someone had sent me through. Now, I've got for it to come up. Here we go. We'll go Bevan Isles. It's my profile there. Yeah. It's all my friends and everything. And good old Craig Brighthouse has started his own podcast, TalkMultisport.com. So I went to TalkMultisport.com, had a bit of a listen to his podcast. It's a New Zealand-focused multi-sport podcast. Yeah. And he's obviously been influenced a little bit by him talk. Right. Because he had, a, not a rant of the week, yeah. but he had like Craig's angry talk of the week or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of cracked up. So, and what he's done is he's used Athlinks with his website as well. So, um, for his discussion of the week, and he's also got a um, Athlinks.com link here and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. what he's obviously trying to do is build a, a, a multi-sport community within New Zealand, and he's using Athlinks as a way to do that as well. So, as his listenership builds up um, you'll obviously more people get involved in Athlinks as well and it's one of the good things about Athlinks is that if you're trying to build a community it's mm. an easy way without you having to manage the community yeah. to get them to do all the work for you but you can also kind of set up your system of doing it So, and if you're looking to get sponsors for your, you know, anything you do as well it gives you another angle to, to get to get your sponsors out there get your race results out there and, and yeah his discussion of the week on his Athlinks page was is coast to coast worth it for the price you pay <laughs> Because it was about 900 bucks now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I said no. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you want to do it, you can do if it it's, once. If it's, yeah, if it's, it's pretty similar to Iron Man, though. You yeah. know, maybe 300 bucks difference, but hey. Yeah. Oh, Athlinks. Where would we be without Athlinks, eh? Good old Athlinks. So. so if you want to, as we would say, um, if you want to be a part of our discussion of the week each week, you go onto our page on Athlinks and uh, and discuss away. Oh, those were the days. Look at that photo. <sighs> yeah. oh, those were the, that was a good day, that one. Was it a took at Montgomery? Haas Pass, was it? Oh, no, it was the one when... Because Montgomery took us... The first day we did the King of the Mountain, he just rode off. Yeah. And I kind of let him go. And then it was just because it was just Melinda, him and I, who left. Yeah. Because he was a win early. And that was the only time we actually went head-to-head together. And I, and I dominated him. him. Yeah. I wouldn't say I dominated him, but I took him. Um, so, so athlinks.com, get connected with them. My helmet was too big, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it's too big for my head. It's not all about you, though, Bevan. It's about athletics. Well, no, because I can talk about me because it's my page okay. on athletics. That's why it's good because it's about you and on athletics. If you if you ever wanted to have your own, you know, website, basically, and there's uh, Paul Andreas who sent us an email through. He's my mate on athletics. Nice. This this could be your opportunity to, to have your own website. Say, to people, hey, I've got a website. This is my yeah, athletics nice. profile. Like a little bit flash. Yeah. Nice. But whatever you want, you can put pictures up there. You can put anything up there. Nice work. What did you do today? Crossage Marathon I did 246 I wasn't too happy with that to be honest <laughs> could have done a little bit better <laughs> I wrote 2008 I wasn't too happy with that to be honest could have done a little bit better Boop-a- five Great. minutes seems to be my problem in life Boop-a- when did you do the Boopit Great South Run in 2007 Kevin's oh, <laughs> claiming other people's results no, that was a, a 40k race I did it really well that day yeah. <laughs> coffees of Hawaii Go, John. I'm going to sneeze. I'm getting hay fever really bad at the moment. It's because it's Norwesters, apparently. Oh, I missed out on there's the boat with the dolphins swimming next to the boat. <gasps> so <laughs> there he goes. He's sneezing. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Bloody hell. Another, <laughs> and another one. And that's a one we haven't seen. Now the Poo Harkin. Oh, look at that. Let's buy it online now. Let's have a look. I haven't seen that one. It's got a nice green package. One thing about their packaging is it is bloody cool, isn't it? Nice package. Because they do that little brown bit over the top of the other bit. Mm. I like that. Very good. Okay, describe it to me. Maui red. Can I say that word? Yeah, you can Kitchen. read it, John. Okay, it's a Puhaku o Ka Anapali 
Ooh, available nice. starting on the 13th of the 9th which was that, the reason why we thought it was new is because it is new started. John and it came out on Sunday Sunday okay so this is a brand new coffee and you know what it is excited. it's friendly friendly rivalry yeah. uh, 100% Maui red katuiai Arabic coffee beans custom roasted at our Kalapua'a plantation with Molokai interpretation a medium roast coaxes out a subtle Maui attitude Balance with hints of spice. So well, legend has it, John, that a long time ago there was a rivalry between the young chiefs of Molokai and Mali. Wait, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maui. Maui, sorry. Um, a dispute over the cliffs of their respective islands, which were steeper, more beautiful, more challenging. A climbing wager was made in the, at the scene of the humble Maui rock, and the visiting Ali host. Rather than take his life, the Maui chief forgave his vanity. There we go. And a friendship was born and the rocks became forever known as, or however you say that, John. Yep, that's right. So if you want to get hot off the coffee ground machine, yep. some new flavoured coffee, this is oh, I imagine they're actually beans, so they're not ground. You can probably get them, you can get them ground. Oh, you can too. That's the thing, you can select your grind. Whole green or back, great. Yeah. Espresso oh. grind. Uh, so, if you want to get any coffee, Savoy coffee, put in the code IM Talk and you get twenty percent discount, and you can get some nice new stuff. Get on it, John. If you want to get some pro, like, like I like coffee, John, but one off, I want to get some Carbo Pro. Where would I go to get that? You go to trybias.com, and it's pretty bloody cheap. And now, listen, the New Zealand dollar's doing well again, isn't it? Yeah, we don't like that. We don't like it when it does that. I suppose it's probably good for when we go to to, to Kona, but um, other, than, other than that, we, we don't like it. Oh, we, we, doing we well. Do we get paid in US dollars? We, we do. Yeah. Oh, okay, we hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but the one thing that's good about them on the tri is it's not just bike gear and stuff like that. If you want your supplements, it's all on here as well. They've got Carbo Pro. They've got some of the ham and nutrition stuff. They've got your salt sticks. And, and that's what you can do to top your order up a little bit. If you're getting, say, yeah, you know, good say, work, John. Say, like your work there, mate. Say you get a pair of shoes and you need, if you're in the States and you need to get up to that $200 to get free shipping, you, know, you just get yourself something you're going to use anyway um, yep. get yourself some uh, some some energy drinks some gels whatever uh, and just top it up and for international listeners you've got to get 500 bucks maybe okay, well, let's be honest we all need some salt sticks I've used those they're great mm. yeah. and one thing I was going to say um, wetsuits man you get on there there's some really good wetsuit deals and there's there's a variety of different brands we obviously recommend Blue 70 um, but you know there's a variety on there oh there we go Blue 70 Helix 2008 550 but if, if um, you know a girl that I we're know, both dying today, you're, you're dying a bit today as well. Yeah, yeah. Was trying to get buy a wetsuit over in uh, at the expo uh, at the World Champs, and she wasn't really getting anywhere with haggling with price. And I just said, look, to get on to try buys, New Zealand dollars pretty strong. You'd be able to get something off there a hell of a lot cheaper than what you get in New Zealand. Great, love your work. And five fifty, it's free shipping. Free shipping, no brainer, John. No, no brainer. brainer. Anything else? Now, you do have something else here on your list. I've got a couple of things as well, but you can do your thing first. So other news. Hold on. Oh. Athlinks.com. Get on there, start a podcast, get people involved. Coffees of Hawaii. Uh, what was coffee. the name of it? New Coffee, don't I? <laughs> we couldn't pronounce it. We couldn't pronounce it. <laughs> we get, I get so much shit. You go on the forums, I always get shit from a reading, eh? I love it. Yeah. Um, and and com. And because if you want supplements, top up your order. Other news, Grant Canberra. It's okay, so, Fevin, we or either I or we, we've made it into to E-grade celebrity status. Tell me more, John, tell me more. So fly into Brisbane. Um, e grade, that's pretty good, mate. Because yeah, well, we were like, maybe we were like it's F, F, No, no, I'll take E because we were like S for a while. Okay, so 
get I get onto the bus. It's not it's not like a triathlon bus. It's just your regular. You're just on the you're just on the bus. Hey, you got to catch the bus. bus to get somewhere, John. Yeah, we had to get a bus up to the Gold Coast. Oh well, that's what you do. And I was chatting to a guy next next to me who's um, uh, a triathlete as well. Oh, what a coincidence! What a coincidence! And then the guy sitting in the bus in front of me turns around and goes, "Are you John from I Am Talk?" Oh my God, John! So, was that a pretty cool moment in your life? It was. Uh, it was Grant from Canberra. He's an American guy. who's racing on the age group team. He actually works for the American Embassy in Canberra. Canberra. And he was Basically, going. You're like a celebrity. Well, we are like. Well, well. E F M grade celebrities. So that was pretty funny. Also, on the way back. Oh, it happened, didn't happen again, John. No. Well, he was in staying the New Zealand team hotel. Warren, I think it was Warren from Wellington. He'd raced at the weekend. He was on his way back. So he listens to the show as well. And his uh, his partner was there, and she had a bit of a hardcore experience during the race. She uh, got a puncture on the bike, fell off, and then passed out and spent uh, an hour and a half uh, blacked out or something like that. Oh, really? And she was racing with pneumonia. And came back and won. No, it didn't. <laughs> she was a bit down on it. But it was good to see. If, but whenever you're at races, and if you do know us and you want to come and say yeah, hi. Yeah, don't be shy. The guy, guy Warren said, oh, do you feel a bit strange when people come up to you and know more, a lot about you? And I said, nah, it's, it's nice. It's nice to know people listen. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's, it's great. So, so if you see us in Kona, don't be shy. Don't go, oh, this is guy's from AM Talk. Yeah. Because we like talking. Yeah. Well, I do at least. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I've talked to you today. Your ears fall off. Okay, bike jerseys. If you want to get an IM Talk jersey... Bike jersey, long sleeve jersey. Now you've got to go to iamtalk.me and we've got the link on our website. We'll give you a, a word file that you fill out, you send it back to the iamtalk orders. It's all on there. It's all on there. Got a lot. We've got a long sleeve one, which is a, a thin, sort of summer weight long sleeve one, and then we've got a nice, thick winter uh, one. So we're catering yeah, for everyone around the world, aren't we? We are. Great. Uh, if you're going to buy anything, go to Amazon.com. One thing I do have to say is I got an email through from Susan Cartmel this week, and she goes, I'm a Ironman widow of sort. My husband, Lee Cartmel, is doing Silverman Ironman in Nevada in eight weeks. Can you give him a mention on the show? As I know, he always is listening. This will be his fourth Ironman. The kids, Nathan and Hannah, would like it if you could do this. So we're just saying hi from your family because they love you, mate. They love you, Lee, mate. Get off your bike, go take home, and give them a hug. Take your wife out for dinner. Take her out for dinner. Take her for that movie. Stay there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so tell me what happened at the end. <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> Apparently, the ending's the best ending ever. Yes. <laughs> and anything else I'd say? No. No. Check out the photos. We've got a photo of Ron Allen and his I Am Talk jersey. Nice. Yeah. So, so John. Yes. How you been? I'm good. I'm home alone. Home alone? What, what do you get mean? home. Come home from fam- overseas. Cuddle with the family. They're no. here. They're happy to see you. No family. Open the yeah. door. Where are they? No. She's done the runner. She's, done she's the left runner. you. She's left me. She's gone down to Queenstown. <laughs> home alone. Got how jobs. Long, how long are you home alone for? Till Friday. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's kind of... I normally find that situation is kind of cool for the first couple of days because you're like, yes, I can get all this work I need to get done. Head down, bum up. By Thursday, you get a little bit lonely. Yeah. yeah. I'm so So I've got a list of jobs, got a lot of work to do, and I want to try to get some biking in as well. So it's going to be a busy few days. Oh, really? So it's nothing else other exciting other than going to What work. about this weekend then? you got romantic, you know, dinner? It's a bit hard with a five-month-old. You know, you would think, all right, I want to take her out to dinner, but you can't because it's like, you just can't. Do you want so, me to babysit one time? Well, you can't, unless you've got boobs that have got milk in them. No, but you uh, can express. We used to do that. You express, you put them in those little ice packs. At this stage, we're, we're, it's pretty full on in the evening. So okay. once you get a little bit further down the track, you can. Because I've got a babysitter. My daughter's great with kids. Yeah. So she can, basically, she'll look after <laughs> 
We're just around the corner. You can bug off for a couple of right. hours. Yeah. No worries, mate. We're full family here. Good. I'll okay. be Uncle Bev. I'll, I'll take that to Belinda and take it to the committee and see what they have to say. Um, no worries, mate, because I'm never going out. And Bevan, what are you up to? I'm off to Australia tomorrow. Oh, goodness me. I know, it's a hard life. But it's kind of cool because normally when I'm travelling, I actually have to work. Whereas this time I'm going to a conference and kind of just... I'm trying to talk because he's drinking. Yeah. Participating in a conference, which means you don't really do anything. Nice. And you miss half the sessions. And you eat a lot of food at conferences. You do, don't you? Junk food. Yeah. So I always get constipated when I go to conferences. <laughs> you eat all that junk food and I just get blocked up. <laughs> have to go for a good run to get it all out. Well, I've also got this run this weekend, the 10k race. Okay. With Duncan and another mate, Al, and we're doing the 10k race and it's handicapped. And I it's gave not him, really a race, though, is it? What is? Because, wait a second, John, look. There's something okay, on the line Here comes the trophy. Look at this. <laughs> you know, that's a race. Get your bloody trophy cleaner out. You haven't won many trophies in your day, have you? Because you've got to get the, co- get the cleaner out. You've got bloody all that. But it looks nice up on it. So it looks more mm. traditional. Right. Yeah. So I've given him, I'm giving him, I think, a four-minute lead. And mm. I haven't ran at all. It's not going to be pretty the next day or two. No, it's not, is it? No. No. So I'm not looking forward to that. Mm. But I've got to win it. Mm. If, I don't, if I don't come back next week on the show and I don't have this, John, you, you can gotta, you, got, you got to do the, uh, you got to run a G-string in Kona. We did get an email asking if we're going to do it. I think if we're, go- we're going to do it either way, you might have to wear a G-string if someone can please come up with $1,000. Yeah, no. No, you will for $1,000. You I've said, John. $1,000 US. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, yeah. The goalposts are moving. <laughs> no, we're doing that, undies. Oh, I don't know. Come on, John, you go to the pool in your speedos, don't you? Yeah. What's the difference? Whatever. John, on that next week's discussion, this is what we're going to do. The 10 things John and I have to do at Kona. Yeah, we do need to do that. Okay, so that's next week's discussion. The 10 things that we have to do, and you have to come up with 10 things. We'll choose the, out of the list of millions that you guys come up with and, and put the undie run on there. Yeah. Okay, John. Anything that's about else? it. No, I think that's it. Really? In last week's show, you said it was No, John, I do have another quick discussion. Yes. My daughter's 12. Right. Now, you've got a daughter, John. You're going to have these issues later on in your right. life. Probably about 12 years from now. Yeah. My daughter's 12. She's got a boyfriend. Oh. I know. I know, John. I know. <laughs> a little bit concerning. So, she has a friend called Brittany. Good young girl. Nice, good girls. You think they're good yeah. kids. Both of them have boyfriends. Yeah. Bo and Liam. Boyfriends. Right. Girlfriends. Yeah. Daughter comes up to me on Friday after school. Dad, Brittany and I want to go for a walk to the park with Liam and Bo tomorrow for a couple of hours. John, do you allow it? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure when you let go, whether that's <laughs> the right age or not. Uh, I, have, I, I have not got the experience to ask that question, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? I think it probably will. I mean, does she go to the park by herself with her friends? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm into freedom because yeah, yeah. you've got to give them independence well, and freedom. But you know around 12 they're going to start passing, John. That's fine. Really? That's okay? That's fine. So when, when your young the young lady's yeah. 12 years old, you're going to say, yeah. go to the park, have a pash. Yeah. No <laughs> okay? Yep. Okay, well, I, I, I kind of... In 12 years' time, we're up to episode 499. <laughs> It'll be like 4,099. You can, yeah, you, can, uh, you can keep me on. I'll, I'll bring you back to this. And your daughter, you'll say no then, John. And I'll say, Felicity, come here and have a listen. <laughs> Love your word. Anyway. Okay. Iron Rust. Iron Moonlight. Train hard. Train hard. Oh, it's a long one. Kia Kia <laughs> Okay.